Perfect. So we are in the final part of our On The Move series. We started off with uh, God on the move. We looked at God's gloriousness and we looked at his mission. And then we got stuck into church on the move, harvest in the move last week. We looked at some big things we're praying for in the year ahead. We want to see, which, um, which I, I hope got you a little bit scared but also a bit excited. We want to see 100 new people added to us in 2020 who are not currently stuck into a church, not currently part of a church. Um, there may be people who would call themselves Christ followers but aren't connected to his body or people who are exploring faith as well. So we, we want to see new life groups and new ministries, so many more things that we're asking God for. And today we look at people on the move. So God on the move, church on the move, and now how does that happen in and through us? So I want us to read together. If you have your Bibles, I'd love you to go to Luke 19. Otherwise, it is going to be there. There we go. Church on the move, um, God on the move, church on the move, people on the move, but I would love to read this together. So if you have your Bibles, uh, let's get stuck in. Jesus is, a bit of context, Jesus is getting towards the end of his time on earth, and he's really making his way towards Jerusalem, where he knows ultimately uh, he's going to be killed for our sin. And so he's coming through Jericho, and he's going to end up passing through Jericho and into Jerusalem. And uh, this is what it says. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, um, Lord, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I will pay back four times as much. Today, salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him because he too is a son of Abraham for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost really incredible scripture that we're going to dive into and unpack as we look at people on the move this morning so I would love you to think for a short bit what are the kind of people that really get under your skin what are the, what's the person type, the people type that grind you, that make you angry, that annoy you, that frustrate you? Just thinking about them starts to get the blood pressure to rise. Either ones that you know or ones you know far. Just think of that type of person. Now, when I think of this, there's two people types that come to mind. And it'll be different for all of us. We're all wired differently. So it'll be different for all of us. But it's probably in your mind already and you're starting to get angry. So uh, it's good. I don't mind if you're getting angry. But there's two types. The first type that really annoys me is people like this. So I took this picture. I had to look for it this morning because God gave me the idea for it. And I taken a picture specifically because it annoyed me so much about two and a half years ago. So this is outside food lovers. And this person in this car, who I don't know, maybe for all I know, it was a very old granny who was driving her Rolls Royce and needed to move the no parking sign and park where you're not allowed to park. Maybe it was an old granny. Okay. So I stand to be corrected because 
I didn't see who got out of the car. I didn't even see the person. But this person type who's like, I don't need to obey any rules or regulations because I have all the money in the world. I don't have to park where anyone else parks. I don't even have to park straight. I will do what I want because I own everything anyway. That person type grinds me. Absolutely grinds me. Okay, so does it grind anyone else? A few, okay, great. Some clapping at the back, okay, great. Now the next people type, which I don't have a picture for because I would probably have to be there as well as a number of you as well. Um, But the second type, um, and I see this in myself as well, is Christ followers who don't exhibit the love of Christ. When I see this in myself, and when I see this in other people, it absolutely grinds me. Why does it grind me? And as I said, I do this myself and I catch myself, is because ultimately it weakens who Jesus is to a lost and broken world. To people who are in desperate need of saving, they look in and go, well if that person is a Christ follower and they are rude and they are not polite and they don't love people and they get angry quickly, if that person is a Christ follower, then I can tell you something, I want nothing to do with Christ. And that affects eternal destinies, that is the difference between heaven and hell, and that absolutely grinds me when I see it in myself, and when I see it in us who call ourselves Christ followers. So those are the two different types, and for you it may be different. I don't know what that person type is for you, but just keep that going through your mind as we dive into this passage because the character Zacchaeus that we read about was exactly that type of person to the people of the day. He was that person. He was the person driving the car like that. He was the person who just absolutely grinds you. That exactly who Zacchaeus was to almost everyone around him at the time. And everyone unanimously agreed with it. He was probably seen in a very similar light to that Rolls Royce driver. But that's why I want to dive into the story because I want to see, as we number us might know the story before, how Jesus treated someone like that because we ultimately are on God's mission. And so if he's in our hearts and if he's called us to be on his mission, we need to start operating the same way as he does. So first step in the story, I'll quickly jump ahead again. So this is Jesus going, he entered Jericho and was passing through. So he had places to go and he had things to do. Jesus was on a mission. It's almost like saying Craig was entering Sam Levy's village, he was doing his shopping, he had to buy a Balmache burger because they're so cheap, um, and then he was going home afterwards or back to the office. Or maybe Sarah was collecting the girls from swimming, then she was going to see a friend or someone was coming to the house, then she had to make dinner, she was on a mission. Each of us in our day, we're doing things. We have things to get done, and that was like what Jesus was doing. Maybe it's going to work, maybe it's taking a car for a service, maybe it's meeting someone for coffee. You fill in the blanks every single day of your life. So that's what Jesus was in. He was passing through, he was doing something, he was on a mission, all of us are in that same boat. Then, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. So in this place, in Jericho, that Jesus was passing through, maybe Bordel Village, maybe in a queue, people in front or behind, of, behind you at pick and pay. I mean, just think of you know, the many different places that you could get frustrated or come across people. In this place, there was someone like the Rolls Royce driver 
think the least liked in the land due to ill-gotten gain, wealthy but for all the wrong reasons, the person who we all know has dubious business interests in Harari, the person we all know who's like, mm, there's no ways you worked for that vehicle that you have. The list could go on, right? Think those sorts of people who I just said that I despised, who, as I said, drive those new vehicles that wasn't worked for, people that may be arrogant, may be rude, and the list could go on. Those are the people that we come across on a daily basis. Those are the Zacchaeuses in our lives, those sorts of people types. That was Zacchaeus. He collected taxes. He was Jewish himself. He collected taxes on behalf of the Romans who basically were ruling the area which the Jews should have been in control of. So it would be the same as us as Zimbabweans being controlled by Russia or another country like that. And then there's fellow Zimbabweans um, who are working for the Russians and then are just pillaging us for everything that we're worth. So they're collecting taxes on behalf of the Russian government and they are abusing us, they're tricking us, they're making pay us pay more than we're supposed to and they are getting minted out of it. They are making as much as they can out of it and they are absolutely destroying us as people. And he was the chief tax collector. Only place in the Bible where chief tax collector is actually mentioned. So he was a big dog. He was top of the line when it comes to being the worst possible type that you can in the land. He was the champion abuser of his own people. But let's go deeper because I think Zacchaeus is a picture of just any person type, as I said, who would maybe grate us and send us the wrong way. So maybe this isn't someone you necessarily detest, but maybe it's someone approaching your vehicle who stinks who smells. Maybe it's someone who uh, is, is, is a regular drunkard in a certain place. Maybe it's someone who just, you know in certain circles, but when you would see them in the shops, you quickly go down the next aisle and pretend that you didn't see them. That sort of person type, I think we can class in the Zacchaeus area. Those at a restaurant who maybe are loud and boastful, those in business meetings who cause issues, the list is endless. It'll be different for each of us. But the point is, is there are Zacchaeuses in our everyday life that we come into contact with and Jesus wants to show us how we meet and integrate and spend time with the Zacchaeuses that we connect with. Now this is the next interesting thing about Zacchaeus. Verse three, he was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able to because of the crowd since he was a short man. Luke is just brilliant in the Bible. He just throws in these little points of interest for us and I always like it because I'm quite short as well so I can identify. Uh, so running ahead he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. So this man Zacchaeus had heard of Jesus and there seemed to be something different about this man called Jesus. There were many around him who would have gone to synagogues. There were many around him who would have classed themselves as religious, but he was very interested to see more of this man called Jesus. Why? Well, I think he'd probably heard stories of a man who just didn't judge people. He would have heard stories of this man who calls himself God, who spends time with prostitutes. He spends time with the despised. He spends time with people that no one else likes, and he calls himself God and calls people to follow him in this. So he wanted to find out more, but as I said, one problem, he was short. But he, that didn't stop him. He climbed up a tree, and he got to see Jesus. 
Now, we don't have to climb up trees to explore Jesus, but maybe this is like someone who is exploring faith today. Maybe you've been invited by a friend. Maybe you've just pulled in here this morning, and you're going, I just want to find out more about this faith type stuff. Maybe it's someone who's on YouTube and starts to search the sort of questions like, is there a God? Or who is Jesus? Or someone who's just sort of checking in to a live streaming church service. He had to see, he had to find out more. Maybe this could be the same as someone coming along to event, an event who hears about a Christian-based movie maybe or who hears about a band and just sort of decides, I've got, to, I've got to find out a bit more. Something is pulling on my heartstrings. Maybe it's that you're having a conversation with someone, someone that you know, a business colleague or a friend, and they just ask you an interesting question. Maybe it's a question like, what did you do on the weekend? Or um, I heard you go to church. Which church do you go to? Or tell me a little bit about this faith thing. Could be someone just showing a bit of interest in your everyday conversation. And this was Zacchaeus. And I can guarantee you that if you and I exhibit the love of Christ, people who do not know Jesus will most definitely be interested. Most definitely be interested in who we are and what we are about. But that's not it. People are interested. The next step is Jesus' response. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and you see, because I'm short, I can't read it. He looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So Jesus noticed him. Jesus noticed this person who was despised by most, who would have ground people the wrong way most of the time. Jesus noticed him and Jesus noticed a spark in this person's heart and interest in this person and something that, well, it was easy for him because Zacchaeus was looking down from a tree, but he still knew in that moment that this person was interested in finding out more. So he stopped, he looked up, he spoke, he engaged, and he explored a further opportunity to connect. Hey, come down from that tree, it's necessary for me to spend time with you. So he was the first mover and he was like, I wanna connect with you. I want to start a friendship with you. He asked to have coffee, to a meal, to stay at his house. He was the first mover in starting of a relationship. You see, as Christ followers, we are the ones who seek out, not the other way around. We are the ones who move into people's lives who maybe others are, have rejected. We are the ones who start the process of friendship. Why? Because we emulate King Jesus. Who have you stopped next to that God has brought across your, bar, your path in the busyness of life? Who is that person who you have an opportunity to engage in friendship, to engage in hanging out over coffee, to engage in going to play golf with, to engage in inviting to a meal at your house? You see, we need to get our eyes off ourselves and what we can get out of friendships and our comfort and everything else, what's in it for us, and start thinking what's in it for others. And that's very hard, because that's how I think. So often it's, let's hang out, but this person I connect well with, this person I get on well with, let's connect together. But actually, Jesus calls us to something so very different. Friends, this is the love of Christ in action, and that's what Christ followers look like. This is what we look like if we call ourselves Christ followers. We are the movers into relationships that no one else cares about. And you and I will only have a love for the broken if we realize just how desperately we need Jesus. 
The reason when we start to lose our love for the lost and broken, for those that grind us, is when we start to think we're kind of pretty good and we don't really need Jesus. The minute we start to get into that place, we move into a different place which is not where Jesus wants us. So daily we need to repent, thank Jesus for his saving grace in the mess of our lives and start being the first movers. And I can tell you that the response of people in this boat will probably surprise you. So look at this response. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. This man welcomed Jesus in. I can guarantee you that if you carry the love and character of Jesus, people will be desperate to spend time with you. Hands down, I can guarantee it. If you carry the love of Jesus Christ, people, especially those who don't know Jesus, will be desperate to spend time with you and I. Who doesn't want to spend time with someone full of joy, full of love, and full of hope? We all do. Those are the people we love to spend time with, and that's who Jesus is. That's what he's like. And so the more that we gain his character, and the more that we draw closer to him, we start to become like that, and it becomes electric to a world in desperate need of hope. So focus on who God wants you to be first rather than what he would like you to do. Start to become first what Jesus is and who Jesus is and then from there start to live it out. Because as Corinthians said and Ian shared this last week, if we don't have love, we actually have nothing. We can do all the service in the world, we can get stuck into everything in church, we can get stuck into things in community, but if we don't have love, we actually don't have an impact. But persecution and people getting angry does come. Not from the people that we're befriending, from other people. So as Jesus is befriending this man, the one who is not liked at all, the Rolls Royce driver, look what happens. All who saw it began to complain, Jesus has gone to stay with a sinful man. What a nutcase. People grumbled, people gossiped, people spoke negatively. That guy Jesus, that man from Harvest, that lady from Harvest, that young teenager, did you see who they spent time with? Do you know where I saw them on the weekend? Do you know the event that I saw them at? You will not believe it. And so the stories go. And they're not encouraging stories like, oh my goodness, I saw them there. I'm praying that they had such an impact. It's incredible that they're spending time with those broken people. No, 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 the absolute opposite. Everyone who saw what Jesus had agreed to grumbled and complained and said, how can this guy be spending time with a sinful man as if they weren't sinful themselves? If you and I start to engage with those who don't know Christ, we start to spend time with them, we start to invite ourselves into their homes, we start to invite them into our homes, I can guarantee you there will be talk. There'll be talk from people who don't love Jesus but who would consider themselves churchgoers and church attendees. But there will be some negativity that comes your way and you do need to be prepared for that. It will come from the upright citizens in society, as I said, possibly even churchgoers, but those who are not actually Christ followers because they don't possess the love of Christ. It can come from us in moments where we are Christ followers and we genuinely are, but in moments we suddenly have our sinful nature that takes over us and takes control and we start to act with judgmental attitudes. It can come from all of us. Jesus said, how will people know that we're his disciples? If we love one another. 
That's the dictator that we know and love Christ. So stay close to Christ, honor him always, love the lost and the broken, and it's a beautifully electric, uncomfortable life. That's how I would sum it up. Beautifully electric, uncomfortable life. That's what it's like to follow Jesus. So it's uncomfortable, it's exciting, it's beautiful to some people, not so beautiful to others, and it brings you full joy. You can either have that, or you can have safe, boring, lack of purpose, and ineffective life. We can choose either. Both will have a cost. There'll be cost to our lives in both, but we can choose either. One is safe, boring, lack of purpose, and ineffective for God's kingdom, or the next one is beautiful, electric, and uncomfortable. And we get to choose that. It's our call. But Jesus invites us, and he calls us into more. He calls us into the life that he lived, and I trust and pray that we will live this out this year. What do you get to experience and enjoy if you live this life? Well, look what happened. All who saw it began to complain, he's gone to stay at a sinful man. Now Jesus obviously hangs out, spends a little bit of time with him. Look what Luke says in the scriptures. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I will give half of my possessions to the poor. I don't even know many Christ followers who do that. I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I will pay back four times as much. After an encounter with King Jesus, Zacchaeus experienced the life-transforming change from the inside out. And if you see that in someone's life, face-to-face, you cannot beat it. There is no experience you can ever have in life that will compare to seeing someone transform before your very eyes, seeing Jesus change them from the inside out. Nothing ever will compare to that. It's the most wonderful privilege. It's the most wonderful joy. And I pray that it happens for every single one of you who would call yourself a Christ follower this year. I pray, and I do, that you would have this wonderful joy of seeing friends and connections and colleagues experience King Jesus in front of your eyes. I pray for it. Um, It'll be the most exciting thing ever. No achievement in your life will ever come close to Christ's heart change. Nothing at all. And then uh, as I get ready to close, last little bit, this is what Jesus said. Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abram. He's come to faith. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. So interesting that our actions do dictate whether we've had a heart change. And you and I need to assess this in our own lives, and it's a great indicator that Jesus is at work in our lives. You see, when we become a Christ follower, when someone becomes a Christ follower, there is automatically a change in focus, a change in passion, a change in lifestyle. Why? Because we're a new creation. Almost starts off automatic, and I've seen this in friends' lives. You should see it in yourself. If you would say you're a Christ follower today, the indicator that you'll see will be an active outworking. Won't always be perfect, there'll be ups and downs, but there'll be an active outworking of Jesus and his mission in your life. You'll start to see it. It'll start to happen in your life. It'll be a passion for Jesus and his mission that rises within you, that takes over from a desire for comfort, a desire for safety. There'll be a desire to please him no matter what the cost. Whether your sinful nature or your sinful self wants to do something, you'll find yourself increasingly going, I used to act that way, but actually I'm finding I'm I'm acting more this way because God's at work in my life. We'll start to see the step-by-step progress 
In Zacchaeus, that was an instant show in a big way, but I have no doubt there were things in his character and things in his life that would have taken time to process as he followed Jesus. But there is a big change in our lives. We're all on a journey but we will start to love the things Jesus loves. We were chatting as an office team this past week. We were, we were saying a helpful indicator for each of us is when we're, when we're talking to each other is to ask the question, what do you think your reason is for being alive? What do you think your reason is for being alive? What is your path to life? What's your path to life and joy and hope? And probably if you would call yourself a Christ follower, you'd automatically say, it's Jesus. Maybe if you weren't a Christ follower, you'd say, it's success, it's money, and, and the list would go on. But all of us will have something that we would sort of automatically say, this is my path to life. This is what I'm going after for my hope. Now if you say Jesus, then you'll find that your reflection, your actions reflect that. Your passion and your focus on Christ will result in a love for the lost. It'll result in caring about magnifying Jesus in every area of your life. Your marriage, your business, your family, your church involvement. Now if you would say, if I asked you right now, hey, what's your path to life? If you would say automatically Jesus, but then if you look at your actions, you go, hmm, something doesn't line up. I instantly would say my path to life is Jesus, but when I look at how I'm acting, it doesn't look anything like driving me towards Jesus. Then you'd go, hmm, I might intellectually say my path to life is Jesus, but it's probably actually not. And then what you can do, which is so helpful, is you can step back and go, okay, so what is it that's actually driving me? What is it that I'm actually after in life? What is it that actually is the thing that's bringing me joy and is bringing me hope? And this is such a helpful thing for you to do when you look at what actually is the thing that drives my life. No one can make that, that call except yourself. No one can make those changes. It'll take humility. It will take receiving Christ's love. It'll take godly friendships that push you towards Christ. But it's my prayer for each of us today. I have no doubt that just as Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, Zacchaeus began doing the same because he had been transformed by Christ. He had God within him and now he began to live out of the change he had experienced when a man called him down from a sycamore tree. And I pray that the same would be for you and I as Christ transforms us. So as I close, and then I'm gonna get us to stand and pray, what are the four steps just to get us going on this? And this is gonna be a daily thing, a daily practice as we get out of bed, but what are the four steps? The first step, ask God to show you where you're at as you assess your life. So just I've shared there, ask God to show you. He is so very good, he will pinpoint things in our lives that we do not want him to pinpoint. He'll be very clear, if you just ask him now and you say, Lord, where am I at when it comes to loving the lost and broken? Where am I at when it comes to being you to the Zacchaeus characters in my life? Where am I at in the process? Maybe for some of you, you're Zacchaeus today. Maybe if you ask the question today, you're going, actually, I feel like Zacchaeus. I'm really interested in who Jesus is. I don't think I have a relationship with Jesus. That's amazing. This is the right place to be. You get to encounter the living God. We'll pray for you. Assess your life and assess it honestly. Where am I in the story? Who am I in the story? Am I the ones who are complaining that Jesus is, or someone else is spending time with Zacchaeus? Where am I in the story? Ask Jesus. He'll show you. The Holy Spirit will show you right now. He's that good. Next one. Start living out the story each day. So this is the process, but this is waking up and saying, Lord Jesus, 
whoever comes across my path today on whatever mission I'm doing, going through the city of Jericho on my mission, please help me to have my eyes open like you. Please help me to have your love. Please help me to be aware of sparks and conversations, openings and conversations. I want to live this out. And that's going to have to be a daily reminder. Daily reminder for each of us to live this out, but we start living it out. Then two things to help, which um, we'll do together as a church. First one is take the Make Disciples questionnaire. So I've developed this um, quick online questionnaire. It helps us to gauge where we're at when it comes to living out the Great Commission. So on WhatsApp and email, we'll send this out. It probably takes you about three minutes to do. It asks you some fun questions, but they're also a little bit awkward. Questions like, hmm, when was the last time you invited someone to church? Questions like, when was the last time you had someone who has a different belief to you in your home for a meal? All those sorts of questions. They're quite fun, but they're also quite awkward if you're honest. But don't worry, no one else is going to see your scores. Only yourself. So uh, that questionnaire will send out, and it's a great starting point to go, where am I actually living like Jesus? Where am I doing this? So that will come to you this week, probably on Tuesday. If you aren't part of our WhatsApp or email list, you can sign up with one of those cards at the back, and then you'll get that to you. And then on the back of that, which Ian shared off, shared of a little bit last week is sign up for a grid session. Now grid session stands for God reaching into darkness and we're going to do this after half term and I'll probably do four or five slots of it. Um, We might not need to do that. Maybe it'll be at the time when people do life groups so we can all come to it together and really what it is, it's a fun way for us to see who are the Zacchaeus characters in our life, who are people who don't know Jesus in our lives. So it uses Google Maps. We plug in where your home is, where your work is, where you hang out often, restaurants you go to and we plug that all in and then it churns out your own personal map and then we we get to grips with asking God to show us people in our lives who we can spend time with who we can build friendships with and it's a really fun practical way for us to live this out in our daily lives because it won't happen by accident we won't float into it the only way that we're going to live out the great commission is like Jesus he was love and he was on a mission It'll take strategy, intentionality. It won't happen by accident. But baby steps, we will live out what God has called us to live out. The Great Commission is clear. Go and make disciples. There's no plan B. We are God's plan A. So it's through our love for Christ and our obedience to him that his plan will be fulfilled on the earth. And I so want it to be fulfilled through us at Harvest. I want us to be one of the churches where Jesus goes, you guys live this out. Well done, my good and faithful servants. He will make it happen through other Christ followers, but I want us to have the excitement in it. I want us to have the joy of seeing life change amongst us. So let's pray. Let's stand. I want us to do a a quick uh, two minutes of business with the Lord. So maybe you can just, um, whatever it takes for you to concentrate on God, it might be closing your eyes, it might be raising your hands, um, it might, whatever it takes for you to concentrate on the Lord speaking to you in this moment. So I just want to address um, those who would call themselves um, Christ followers first here today. And I think what I'd actually like to do is pray that Jesus would break judgmental attitudes in our lives and that he would replace it with a radical love for the least possible to love. And only the Holy Spirit can do that in our hearts. Um, And so I I just want to pray that over us and you can receive that and it won't be an overnight, but it might be an overnight. Jesus can work that quickly. 
So, Lord Jesus, I pray for, 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 for us as a people who would call ourselves Christ followers and who are open to you and open to you changing our hearts. I ask that right now you would break judgmental and um, arrogant attitudes in our lives. I ask that you would break any tendency that we have to look at people who don't know you, to look at people who would grind us the wrong way, to look at people we despise. I ask that you would break that attitude amongst us and you would replace it with a radical love for the least possible to love in our lives. Holy Spirit, please do that. We, we can't do it on our own, but I ask that right now you would be changing things in our hearts. Holy Spirit, right now you would be changing attitudes we've had towards certain people groups, towards certain demographics, towards certain types of people. The way that it gets changed is when we realize our desperate need for you. And so I ask right now, Lord Jesus, you would show us afresh the fact that but for your grace on the cross, but for your love for us and our receiving of it, we are in the same boat as anyone else. It doesn't matter whether it's a murderer, it doesn't matter whether it is um, someone who uh, um, extorts people, it doesn't matter who it is, but for you, King Jesus, we are just as lost and just as broken as anyone across the globe. So I want to thank you for your grace. I ask that you'd show us a big picture of our need for you and your love for us and break judgmental attitudes in our hearts. And on top of that, flood us right now with your radical love. Flood us right now with your love that makes us not think about ourselves and only think about you. Um, flood us with your love that makes us step out into awkwardness, step out into uncomfortable situations, step out into um, uncomfortable maybe conversations or meals times or whatever it takes I ask that you would flood us with the love of yours that helps us to get out of our comfort zones and live the life you've called us to that beautifully awkward electric life ask that would be what all of us would be able to say at the end of 2020 my goodness that was pretty messy that was pretty awkward but that was beautiful and that was electric and I can't wait to do it next year that's my prayer for each of us please save us from comfort stagnation ineffectiveness for your kingdom please save us as a church from that also we would flee from that and we would run towards the life you've called us to uh, next people group I just want to um, pray for and uh, everyone's um, eyes are bowed but um, if, if you've never accepted Christ before if you know that you are a Zacchaeus here today and you're checking in at this God who is electric and you're going I want a piece of that I want to know more um, I want to be transformed like Zacchaeus was transformed if that's you here today I would love you to raise your hand it takes boldness to follow Jesus it takes boldness to step away from the crowd but if that's you here today I'd love you to raise your hand and go that's me I'm Zacchaeus I need Jesus in my life I need hope I need peace I need purpose I need saving um, and if that's you today I would love you to raise your hand um, and say and your life will never ever be the same it'll be absolutely transformed absolutely transformed so anyone it doesn't have to be it's okay it's okay Lord Jesus, thank you that we are going to increasingly this year 
see many come to faith. We're going to see many amongst us visiting, exploring faith, raising their hands and coming forward and saying, I'm a Zacchaeus who was lost, but now I'm found. And so we, we trust you and you cel- we celebrate that. Um, in, and we thank you for this time together and we, we pray for more. We pray, I, I pray for exciting, awkward moments this week um, in our lives where we see you work in electric ways. In your amazing name we pray. Amen.